From the galaxy to your ears, this is the Nerd Holocron. Hey, welcome back, Nerdalorians. Yes. Uh, so today we have a Star Wars episode, which we haven't done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mostly because we've been very upset <laughs> with Lucasfilm as of late. I would say I'm upset with them. I'm just bored of them. Because they've been shelling out inferior products. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yep, we started talking. Here she comes. <laughs> the cat's been digging for gold the whole time. Let me get right there. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> anyway, so today we're talking about our favorite ships mm. in Star Wars. You want to do one? I'll do one. Like okay, that. yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, what do you got for me? So the first one I chose was my... One of my favorite ones is the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Classic. That's a good one. With a top speed of 652 miles in an Earth-like atmospheric uh, setting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't all have that, so that was the only one that I thought I had. But it's a Class YT-1300F light freighter designed specifically for smuggling, so they knew... Right from the get that it's a smuggling ship. Nice. Yeah. And it was made by the Corellian Engineering Corp. And uh, it's got two heavy laser cannons, two quad volt cannons that are both vertical and dorsal. Sounds like your mom. (laughs) Buzzer blaster cannons and tractor beam projectors. Mm -hmm. And as you say it out loud, you sound, you're like, uh. (laughs) <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, defenses. It has dura alloy plating, which is the strongest metal in Star Wars universe. What Darth Vader's armor is made out of, mostly, or his first armor set. Uh, they make it sound like Beskar is like the strongest thing in the world. Yeah, I mean the Beskar is like a mythical thing to everyone else. Duraloy is like tungsten steel in uh. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's got one force field generator, and uh, yeah, and it's tied back to uh, Han Solo that he gets the Millennium Falcon because he was born and raised on Corellia. enslaved on Corellia, and his dad had a fucking. Corellian ship that he flew, and then his ship becomes the Millennium Falcon. Coincidence? I think not. Interesting. Also has five escape pods designed for one person, I think, with life support systems. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Five pods on the ship. Good to know. I didn't know that. Alright, my first ship is from the movie Rogue One, the U-Wing. Which is 78 feet and 8 inches long, 28 feet wide, has a max acceleration of 1,600 Gs, has four 4J7 fusual thrust engines. That's more like your mom. <laughs> has a hyperdrive rating of 1, is a starfighter, support ship, and a gunship. So it's kind of like a... Like a 
like part of it sounds like it's a like a C one thirty, but like it can be a, a it's a support ship, also a gunship, but it also has a starfighter, so that's pretty cool too. Okay. And uh, yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, it's not very aerodynamic looking at all. It's a giant U horseshoe fly to this guy. Everyone's like, oh, just one, take out the fat one right there. One thing is, uh, this I think this is the only one I could find in feet. The others are in meters. Mm. So my my source on all this is Wikipedia. Damn. So thank you. Anyway, you? Um. Sorry, that noise you hear is my dog. Being a dog. Next, I chose the Rogue Shadow, which is Star Killer's uh, ship from Star Wars: Force Awakens. Oh, no, Force Unleashed, not Force Awakens. And it has a top speed of one thousand three hundred fifty kilometers, whatever that means. Huh? <laughs> and it was like specially designed by Darth Vader <laughs> for his apprentice, Star Killer, and everyone that worked on the ship was killed and marked down as, like, industrial accidents or street crimes. So that way, none of the specs about the ship would get out. <laughs> the Emperor's like, man, lost a lot of engineers lately. I, <laughs> I know, right? What's going down on over there? Uh, it's Fun. classified as a heavily modified Imperial transport for single transport. But it also is, like, a home away for home for him because it has... A built-in meditation chamber, like a galley, a medical station, but it's designed to be, like, ran and flown by only one pilot. Interesting. And himself, and then, like, he has a robot guy or whatever. Hmm. It was made by Sanar Flight Fleet Systems, and uh, the weapons and defenses are sort of a mystery, but it has a, like, experimental... Um, power system from some kind of similar crystal to the Kyiver crystals mm -hmm. for the lightsabers that like helps it be undetectable. It has like a super cloaking system. That's pretty cool. Like Star Trek status. Yeah. Mm, but better. It's okay. like a literal ship designed for like an assassin. An assassin ship. Man, yeah, Darth Vader really went all out. Yeah, he did. It's probably why I was like, I invested all this money in you, and then you're going to fucking quit on me? I don't <laughs> think so. You're coming in on fucking one day, you're going to work 12 hours, and you're going to thank me for it. <laughs> yeah. Also, we're watching The Clone Wars yeah, while we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Night Sisters are about to provide Darth Tyrannus with a new apprentice, mm. who is Savage Oppress, the brother of Darth Maul. Oh, the orange guy. Mm. <laughs> Alright, so my next ship is a CR-90 Corvette. Mm. It, it's 150 meters long. It's made by the Carillion Engineering Corporation. Interesting. It has a hyperdrive rating of 2. It's used for fast attack, blockade running, and also command ship. And uh, if you watched Rogue One, you saw one of these slam into a Star Destroyer. It slammed uh, yeah. into another Star Destroyer. And, and basically everybody fucking died. Jedi also. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everybody died. Everybody fucking died. <laughs> what a sad ass movie. I know. But anyway, it's a cool ship. And I mostly like it because it's called a Corvette. That's my favorite car. So. It has no weapons. It's like, it's got all the most important people on there. But I don't know. Well, I mean, it does, it says fast attack. 
Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure it has some manner. I guess so. Of, uh... They're like, we're counting on Poe to make sure we don't fucking die. Ugh, Poe. <laughs> anyway, what else you the got? Dragon Warrior. I also went with the Naboo Fighter. Oh. Which has a max speed of 1,100 kilometers, which, again, who knows what the hell that means. Yeah. Euro trash. Ugh. Even in the Star Wars universe. It's labeled as a Royal N1 Luxury Starfighter. Luxury Starfighter? Yeah. It's literally, like, designed to be, like, like a high-class, uh, like, fighter, dogfighter, dogfight sort of ship, like... Okay. It's <laughs> designed to, like, be used for war or, like, scouting or escorting, but it's also designed to be, like, a really, like, luxury, fancy-looking sort of ship for parades and, like, stuff like that. Naboo seems like a fancy place. Yeah, it's all about the looks, but it's got the, the engine to back it up also. But the only disadvantage it has is uh, it has, like, zero, um, like... Uh, ground assault capabilities like it doesn't do well on the battlefield it does more in open space of space <laughs> open mm. void of space I guess oh okay so it makes uh, sense yeah it's not like in the old Star Wars where like X-Wings are dropping bombs or anything like that it's not a bomber at all it's strictly a starfighter yeah. it looks like a starfighter yeah. sleek and dynamic and yellow yes uh, it was made by the Seed Palace Space Vessel Engineering Corporation, mm -hmm. and it has two laser cannons and ten prota torpedoes, Ooh. and uh, it also has shielding like every other ship, you know, but yeah, <laughs> but it has like specially designed engines that are like super high intensity burning, but they don't put out a lot of, um, like... Yes, because uh, I also picked that ship, yeah. and it has two J-type Nubian engines, and it has a hyper hyperdrive class of one. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty nifty starfighter. Ah, took a lot of trial and error to design it. I've been told through Wikipedia. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, just punching these dudes. Jesus. Like testing a little. Mm -hmm. Alright, so my next ship is the Dreadnought mm. from The Last Jedi. And when it shows up, everyone's like, oh, oh my god, it's, it's a scary ass ship. That's a Dreadnought. Those are fleet killers. Oh my god. That was my Poe Dameron. <laughs> so this is 600 meters long, 116.5 meters wide has six ion engines as a class 2 hyperspace thing and a class 18 backup hyperspace Jesus. um just on this real quick because i was watching the last jedi the other day and it just really fucking pissed me off i don't know if i was telling you about it but the whole point of poe going down there and doing what he was doing was to distract the the these motherfuckers from destroying the the rebels or whatever, right? Right. And he ends up killing more of his own people 
than is necessary right. with the bombers. Even Leia's like, dude, you got it. Let's go. And then it's like, she knew the bombers were on their way. Like, she's like, where the fuck are our bombers? You know what I mean? She knew they were there. So to me, it's just like, it was just stupid. Okay. And those bombers were so slow. Yeah. I, yeah. If I was Leia, I'd be like, yo, we need to buy something else. Like, trade this <laughs> in. This is garbage. Because the... They every single one of them got lit up immediately. I know it was sad it, to see. It was, and then Poe's like, "Yeah, we got him." And to me, it's like Poe, if he was like a real leader, that wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Dreadnought was a cool ass ship. I really liked it, and I found out too that there's different Dreadnoughts. There is. Yes, I didn't write them down because no. they didn't really explain it anything else in the movie. But I was like. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we already got, like, that episode with Ahsoka when she's in charge of her own battalion of clones and she, like, speeding herself up because, like, almost all of them died. And they're all, like, we're literally designed to be, you know, like, just cannon fodder. But it's, like, it's up to you to lead us effectively and, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess it was part of his character. But, like, he has to be a shitty leader in order to become a good leader. I had to kill 10,000 people to figure out, like, maybe I don't need to do that every time. (laughs) It was awful. No. Alright, what else you got? Uh, That was the last one. Okay. um, So, my other ship that I really like is the RTT-04 Armored Troop Transport, Mm. which was first debuted in um, Attack of the Clones. They make a perimeter around the survivors. That's right, yeah. That's pretty badass ship. Mm -hmm. So it has two laser cannons, two mass driver... Sorry about that buzzy noise, guys. My notifications. Um, Two mass driver missile launchers, and each, each, each one holds 12 missiles. And it carries 12 passengers with one gunner and, uh, one, uh... Pilot, I think. Okay. And then my last one is a Super Star Destroyer. Mm. I think it's like long. It looks really elegant. It looks like a knife, really. What the heck? Okay, so it's eight thousand meters long. Literally, so many people work on this thing. It's insane. I know. Has a hyperdrive class of two, which is fucking crazy because that ship is a is massive. Mm. Fucking massive. So it has uh, 250 heavy turbo laser batteries, 250 ion cannons, 250 concussion missile tubes, 250 tractor beam emplacements. It's a heavy duty ship. That ship is meant to fuck shit up. So yeah, I would uh, definitely not want to be here. But yeah. Uh, Yeah, those are our favorite ships. I was wondering, did the Death Star move, or was it just in one place? It moved because in Rogue One, it when they were on Scarif, mm-hmm. they're like uh, General or Admiral Raz was like, "There's a sh- there's something coming out of hyperspace," and it was a Death Star. So that uh, bitch moves. Okay. But does it normally just stay stationary? Or does it have to constantly just be floating? I, I think. It does stay stationary in areas where, in like strategic areas. Like if we stay here, 
We can keep an eye on this, this, this. Oh, okay. If they need to move, they can. So it was designed to be like placed in places so that way rebellions would stop popping out. They're like, they have a fucking. The moon can kill us now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. That makes more sense, I guess. I guess you always think about it as like, fuck the Empire, like, but I could see, like, he was trying to make strategic moves. And these fucking teenagers keep blowing shit up. Because also, in the Battle of Yavin, where they destroy the first uh, Death Star, mm. I mean, how did he get there? How did he get to the Rebel base? You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Had to, had to travel and stuff. So, mm. yeah. It's a traveler. Okay, okay. I also was thinking, because I was watching Blue Beetle again the other day, and they were, like, talking about how all of his stuff there, inside, and, like, how his like hideout looks exactly like the bad cave and i was like how would they even know what the concept of the bad cave is they would like uh, they could see his costume and be like oh he's like a superhero like batman but they would never be like we're inside the bat cave you know mm-hmm. i was like that was dumb but also in star wars i feel like people are always like why would they not believe that the Force is real, a Jedi exists? But that would be like if you're in regular real life and there's a guy that's like a Buddhist and he's like, through meditation, I'm able to pick shit up with my mind and like use a laser sword. It'd be like, what is this insane? I guess, you know. I feel like people miss the distinction between the fact like you're watching the story and they're like living in the story, real world setting, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> if there was a guy that was like, come to my church, like, you could learn these cool tricks and you can pick shit up and read people's minds and talk to animals, I'd be like, no, good, I'm not trying to drink that Kool-Aid. Yeah. But then if I saw it firsthand on multiple occasions, I'd be like, maybe there's something going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. Uh, that was quick. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, also what I want to talk about yes. with you is, okay, originally when I was writing this, or when I first came out with this idea, I was like, I fucking hate that there's so many Order 66 survivors, not just Order 66, but also Jedi Purge survivors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Like, it doesn't make sense, and... You know, even in in uh, Ret- Return of the Jedi, uh, he what's his name? Luke. Yoda. Yoda. Was it Return of the Jedi? I don't know. Whatever. Sorry, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "When I die, last Jedi, you will be." Oh, that was in Empire Strikes. Empire Strikes Back, Back yeah. Mm. And uh, was it? Yeah, wasn't it? Cause he. Goes to Dagobah and the... Oh, no. Yeah, because he goes there. Because, yeah. He, yeah, because yeah, at the start of the sixth one, he's already... Yeah, he's already a Jedi. Mm. And um, it's like, okay. So, for a long time, everyone's like, dude, that's it? That's the dude, bro? Yeah. <coughs> then, new stuff starts coming out. Mm. And uh, new Jedi start coming out. Like, oh, yeah, they're Order 66 survivors. Oh, God. And you're just kind of like, What? Which, I was very like, okay, fine. Up to a point. And I got really upset when Ahsoka came out. Because it was kind of like... Like, to me, it's just like, how is... 
how are there this many Jedi? Right. Anyway, so, and then I was doing some research, listening to some felt, listening to some uh, Star Wars fans too, and they were talking about George Lucas, even though it was Obi Wan, Yoda, and Luke were like the last Jedi's. He, in his head, he was thinking there were still at least a hundred other Jedi out in the galaxy somewhere mm-hmm. that were hiding. And I was like, really? Like, oh, that's interesting. Then they explain that at the time of the Jedi, like during the Republic or whatever, yeah. there was 10,000 Jedi. Yeah. So, okay, so you got to imagine 10,000 Jedi, Order 66, True clone troopers kill as many as they can. Right. They're obviously cunning warriors. They can't kill all of them. Right. And some of them, probably, and most of them that pop up are mostly Jedi. They're Padawan learners, yeah. and so they're just apprentices, just like you know, that survived because their masters a lot, like gave them the opportunity to escape. I'm like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Because right. even after that, do they still have the great Jedi purge where the Inquisitors would go find Jedi and kill them? Right. So, of course, over a while, there's still going to be Jedi. But eventually, it's just like, okay. So, the Jedi, and also, I was like, okay, I don't mind Jedi being around as long as I feel like they're important to a story and they actually contribute something to the lore. Mm-hmm. Which... Cal Kestis does. Yeah. And I feel like Kanan Jarrus does. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka, even though I do love Ahsoka Tano, and you know I love me some Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. I feel like her story should have ended in Rebels, where she fought Darth Vader at that, that Sith uh, temple. Yeah. And she sh- I feel like she should have died there. Because the alternative to that is what we're living right now, where she's been helping the Rebel Alliance. In the side, in the background, or exactly. no one noticing at all. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because by the time Luke comes around in A New Hope, mm-hmm. you know, Ahsoka's been with the Rebel Alliance. Kanan and this fucking loser Ezra Bridger have also been around there. So to me it's just like when Luke shows up people are, you know, like the the premise of being a Jedi and using the Force is alien to a lot of people. Yeah. But how can it be alien to people when these fucking clowns are running around helping the alliance? You know what I mean? Mm. So to me their existence kind of undercuts Luke's story. Not so much Kanan Jarrus because I mean a little bit, but he's a he was a Padawan that survived and he's just been you know, right. but he ends up dying, and whatever. But I feel like Ahsoka should have died, Kanan died, and then Ezra Bridger was just he's just to me he's just annoying, <laughs> and, and it's just like his story too. He undercuts Luke's story, really? how, yeah, because like I said, Ezra and Kanan were working for the Rebel Alliance before Luke came around. Because right. Luke came around towards, I guess, kind of towards the end of yeah. the whole thing. But they were there before that. And he was a Jedi, and he was trained to be a Jedi. They clearly have lightsabers. They're just walking around cutting motherfuckers down to shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I feel like Dave Filoni and everybody else kind of like, 
they didn't work within the parameters of the original trilogy. Right. They just kind of started doing whatever the fuck they wanted and forcing things to fit in, even if they didn't make sense, because that's what they wanted to do. Right. So now the my train of thought is like, okay, so I'm cool with other Jedi's being introduced because that's what George wanted, mm. but at the same time, make it make sense. Man. This doesn't make sense. Like, Ezra saved Ahsoka from being murdered by Darth Vader. And now she's out in the world. And then even in her show, she's a... She's a horrible... She's training this dumb bitch, Sabine Wren, who's a, a Mandalorian. Man. She's not Force-sensitive. And she's oh, like she got stabbed with a lightsaber and she lived like it was oh, yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. Okay, but then in the show, okay. So from where I understand, because I didn't watch Rebels, I just like I'm trying to understand, piece everything together based off whatever other people say. Mm-hmm. Ezra sacrificed himself to defeat Thrawn to take him to another galaxy far from where he is. To stop him from, you know, fucking shit up even more. Right. So he's gone. And now, Sabine wants to find him by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, she has a map that leads to where he is, and she just willingly gives it to the bad guys so she can see her friend. But to me, it's just like, Thrawn is trying to come back to kill people and take the you know the galaxy back for right. the empire or whatever and you're allowing him to do that even yeah, though it's like throwing a sacrifice away sort of deal yes and it's going against i feel like she betrayed ahsoka when she did that mm. and you know basically all the teachings she's been trying to teach her how can you sit there and say you want to become a jedi but you're willingly letting the dark side or, you know, oppression yeah. come back all because you like some dude or whatever. <laughs> I'm doing, like, get me wrong. Uh-huh. If a cartel came and got you, yeah. but after they got you, they were you they were relegated to some island somewhere because of you, Okay. I wouldn't be like, well, let's bring the cartel back so I can get my friend back. Yeah, I would be the guy that's like, I didn't do all this fucking hard work just to go back and do it again. I mean, I feel like that's the whole thing with Star Wars. Like, it has to fit in the thing where it's like the good guys win, but like the bad guys can still come back tomorrow and try again, you know? Try, try again. That's awful. Um, okay, let's hear. But yeah, like, that whole thing. And then all of a sudden, like, Sabine is, like, power... Like, she's really strong with the Force. And then to me, I was like, how is she... It, she goes from not being Force-sensitive mm-hmm. to, like... There's a part where Ezra's, like, Force jumps to try and get onto Thrawn's ship, but he's not making it. And he's far away, dude. But she, like, grabs him, and then she throws him more. Like, that takes a lot of focus yeah. and a lot of practice that she doesn't have by the way luke fucking skywalker son of anakin fucking skywalker one of the most powerful jedi to ever exist Mm. oh look arc troopers troopers. advanced reconnaissance clones 
Some bad motherfuckers. Anyway. They're on a uh, Camino. Where they all get cloned. <laughs> anyway. What was I saying? Look. Oh, yeah. He had a hard time lifting a fucking X-Wing out of a fucking swamp. Oh, yeah. And a rock. We'll do yeah. a handstand. What hand is a fucking pussy. And this fucking bitch who's been defiant and just the worst person ever mm. can just be like, also <laughs> undercutting Luke. Yeah. Like, how... How was the son of one of the most powerful Sith Lords and Jedi having a hard time, but she's just like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. We're going to marry Sue, Sabine Wren here, because that's just ridiculous. Okay. And now, at this point, because of Sabine's selfishness and stupidity, it's the exact same situation, but in reverse. Now, Ahsoka and Sabine are stuck on this planet in another galaxy, while Thrawn and Ezra... Are back in the main galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know what I mean? Like, so they just switch spots. Yeah, and Ahsoka's like, yeah, that's cool, bro. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, she just doesn't seem like concerned with anything. Just like, like her whole vibe is monotone. Ugh, she this is the worst lightsaber fights too. Honestly, yeah. It was to me. It's it's an insult to everything that George Lucas did, mm-hmm. having these characters and. The things that they're doing. It's it's ridiculous. Um, let's see here. I don't mind. Okay, I wrote here, introduce survivors, but don't undermine the original story or others' accomplishments like they've been doing. Mm. Uh, they Like I said, they should try to work within the parameters that George Lucas originally created. Because it's like... I feel like that's what made The Last Jedi such a good movie that everyone hates because like Luke literally said that the Jedi got to such a point of like thinking so highly of themselves that they were blinded to the fact that they were being undermined like right under their noses by the same people that were supposed to be like their boss or whatever like they're so full of themselves they couldn't see the bullshit no yeah. And that's why Luke didn't want to make Rey a Jedi, because he was like, the Jedi are ridiculous. Like, you don't need to have a title in order to, like, use the Force for good. You could, like, fight for the, the, the right side. And, like, without a hokey religion, I guess. I understand that. But also, mm-hmm. if I feel like had he not provided some sort of structure for her, yeah. she could have also been easily influenced by the dark side because she almost was yeah that's true. so to me like him not taking that responsibility is also a mistake on his part because she could have easily fell to the dark side and she could have been with guy blow ben yeah. and... i mean i guess in his mind he already had lost her he's like you're just like why you guys are related you're palpatine so. <laughs> but at the same time like also, that Luke that we saw there wasn't really Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that true. was a different version of Luke Skywalker. Mm. That's Bizarro Luke. That's clearly not the Luke Skywalker that was in this other movie. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? So, I don't know. Mm. But like I said, like it just feels like a lot of what Lucasfilm is doing now is just undermining everything that everybody did before. Mm. They're not working within the storylines. They're just kind of like, oh, we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah, all these Jedis were around and... You know, whatever. 
And it's just like, how does that make Luke's story special? But at the same time, Luke was clearly the only one that could defeat Darth Vader. Mm. Nobody else could. Mm. Well, I guess Leia could. I mean, that's just not to. Yeah. She's like, I'll leave it to the man, you know. <laughs> Equality, but... What I'm ship is that? Know. That's a badass ship right there. Yeah, there's a ship Ventress was flying right now. It's like a pod. But then it had like a big sail in the back. Mm. It was just, it was pretty badass. But yeah, so... Oh, what I like about this is the Night Sisters, right? Mm. They basically... The, they enslave these men, and these men, like them, they're just like, they're there for uh, whatever the Night Sisters need. Jesus. It's a matriarchy and not a patriarchy. Wow, well, they're going to take a lesson from the bar movie. But yeah. Well, anyway, guys, do you want anything else? Uh, no, I guess not. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, uh, that's our episode for today. We're trying to pump out some more Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, because honestly, that's really the whole reason this podcast I know, exists right? right now. Our love for Star Wars. I do like Star Wars. I just wish we go back. I just miss really cool flashy lightsaber fights and like, I don't know. It's like the more stuff that comes out, the more the prequels seem better, you know? It's like clearly they weren't the best, but like. For what they represented at the time and like how good they are now you know yeah like george lucas really took the time to be like okay like with the lightsaber duels and the the prequels dude they were fucking insane yeah dude. i know right insane they they grabbed you and they sucked you in and you're just like i think it was just like that's the way he envisioned the original ones being and then he's like i literally have the technology i can make it look like that now mm-hmm. so why wouldn't i yeah, and like the star, the lightsaber battles in the prequel, the sequel trilogies, were just kind of like they weren't as high paced as the prequels, mm-hmm. but they were like faster than the original trilogy. So it's kind of like, why do we have this? Right. Like this can obviously be better, and it's not. <laughs> and I don't know that throne room scene where after they kill Snoke. Oh uh, yeah. I was watching a video of this guy was breaking down scene by scene. He was like, see, this doesn't make sense. How come, like, their armor allows them to do this and block a lightsaber attack, Mm -hmm. but then the lightsaber breaks through their armor? And it's just, like, different shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, I mean, I get it. Like, lightsaber battles, they're not great. Even in Ahsoka, they weren't that great. Like, Ahsoka... This, this is weird. She's just, this like, is like bland. She's just like doing jazz or something. Just slow motion stuff. And I was watching the scene where, where Anakin came back and he was like doing lightsaber stuff. I was like, fucking Hayden Christensen is out there. He's almost 50 years old. Fucking just... <laughs> and here you have this fucking bitch going... <laughs> it's just like, to me, this killed... It really killed this character for me. And it really pisses me off because I really like Ahsoka. Yeah. And I read the fucking book, but here we are. Anyway, not that Lucasfilm is going to do any better, but I hope you guys do do better. Seriously. But yeah. But all right, guys, that's it. Uh, 
we're gonna finish watching the clone wars and we'll see you in the next one bye <laughs>